fucking Skype. Boy, did you make this episode a bittersweet memory. I was fucking pumped to be able to chat with Robert Wigner, founder and guitarist for the almighty emulation. But as luck would have it, when it came to the actual call itself, Skype just refused to do its thing. So, I had to slip into producer mode and let Peter take over. Here's that chat. Let's deep dive now into your new album, Acts of God. I mean, it's been five years since the last album. And when you think about it, like five years can be a short period of time when it comes to a career like yours. And it can be a long period of time, right? So take us back to like when the work actually started on the new album. Well, yeah, I mean, five years is a long, you know, typically you don't want to have five years between records. I could tell you that, but uh, um, due to the pandemic, that made things a little, go a little bit longer than we anticipated. But uh, yeah, luckily we had a lot of touring for Eric Holman. So like you mentioned, you know, we did a ton in 2019. So 2020 was really going to be our year for getting the album done. Like, finishing the writing and getting it recorded. So due to the pandemic, that pushed things back a little bit, obviously. But but as far as the, the writing goes, we started, I started writing songs at the end, you know, mid to, to the end of 2018. Um, so by the time we were rehearsing for our 2019 tours, early in 2019, we were actually playing three or four of those songs together at rehearsal. Um, oh, wow. A very unusual thing for us. Yeah, so that's very odd for us. So... So, yeah, we had stuff going, and once the touring really kicked in, I wrote a little bit more, maybe, you know, midway through the year, but then once we started touring, as of that summer hit, it was that, you know, we just, we were like full force until like December, so so the writing kind of took a stop for a moment, and then I started picking up again the end of 2019, and probably early 2020 is when I started, you know, continuing on with the the, the album. So, yeah, it was a... It's something that's been in the works for quite some time. Um, and due to the pandemic, it, I guess we had more time in the sense of like, as I would send songs out to the guys, especially Steve, he would be able to work on his drumming and get it down better and, and get to know the songs better. And for him, it was like, you know, a really good thing to have all that extra time because, uh, you know, I create a lot of the, the beats and everything, but then he takes those and then he kind of makes his own thing out of it. And then, you know, he's got to learn it and then he's got to make it his own, you know? So he's got a, a big, you know, a big job to, to do, you know, to me, he's got the hardest job uh, before getting into the studio. So it's like, you know, he had that time to really kind of play with the songs, get to know them, work on stuff for long periods of time. So it was awesome. And, and you could really tell that he did just a, an absolute phenomenal job on the record. And, uh, you know, having that extra time that really, really helped with that. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's that's when that started, uh, you know, 2018. And we I finished the last song the beginning of June of uh, 21. One thing I'm also very curious, because when we realized that all four of you live in four different states, uh, considering for all of us who in the last two years have learned to work from home, uh, that's kind of what you have been doing. So how how is that kind yeah. of process evolved for you and because i just realized you said you did the first time songs at rehearsal so tell tell us about why yeah. it's so strange in terms of you did you like kind of share files uh virtually always and then did that what was the process like well back in 2010 is when i first started working with uh you know a multi-track recording computer program you know uh, Ableton Live I work with. So 
that's the first time I started writing stuff on a computer as opposed to like recording riffs on tape, uh, thinking of drum things, going over stuff with Steve, horribly trying to mimic that in front of him saying, ah, something like this, you know, <laughs> and, you know, so, it, and, and, you know, it's a much, it's a big time consumer and it's, it's a fucking pain in the ass to be honest with you. So once I started with Majesty and the K writing that record, that's when, for me personally, that whole thing opened up to me about, you know, creating on the computer. So for me, it was awesome. Cause I can, I can basically, I, I create up until this day, I, I write the music, I put drums to it. Sometimes I'll even put solos in there if I know it's going to be a solo spot and I feel like I just want to take do a safe, you know, save some space for that or, you know, I'll work with that. And just when the guys get a song, I finish the song and I send it out to the guys. So when they're listening to it, they're listening to the song minus the vocals, basically. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like the song minus the vocals and obviously, you know, a slightly more basic version of, you know, of, of it. But that's what it sounds like. You know what I mean? So, so they're getting a complete song minus the vocals so they can get a really good idea of how the feel of the music is, the power of the, 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 the drums behind the music, what kind of beats, what kind of overlays I put. Sometimes I'll put a solo in there when I know it's definitely going to be a solo spot. I'll, I'll do something, especially when it's an ambient part. There's a couple of those I did on this record that I, I, I basically, I flew right from pre-production and put them right on the album. Cause that's, I kind of just came up with them off, off the fly and I liked the way they sounded and they, they had a good vibe and atmosphere and they sounded cool. So I just took them right out of there and put them right on the record because there was no reason to redo it. Cause you know, it sounded cool. So, so basically that's how it, it's been happening these past, you know, whatever, like uh, 12 years now. So, you know, we've been doing it like this. And, and, and for instance, up until this last record, I would send the songs out. Steve would get them down. Steve might send a recording of what he's doing. Maybe he wouldn't, you know, he, he did recently, but back in the day, you know, a few years earlier, like 2010 through maybe 2015 or whatever, he didn't really have that capability, you know? So he would just get the stuff down and we'd all do it separately and we'd meet in the studio and start recording. And we'd never play the song once together until we were on stage for the tour for the first show. Like we've never new songs. We would never play live. We'd never played together as a band until wow. we were doing the tour for that record. So so we got used to that. But then once Alex joined and we were going to go out on tour, like we would even do that for tours. But then once Alex was in, he was like, yeah, you know, we should get together, you know, before the tour. And we're like, yeah, you know what? We probably should. That would be a good idea, you know. And then once we started doing that, it was cool. And it's much better to do that, obviously. We just were not lazy, but we, we had gone out to Ohio so many times in the past hours out there. You know, we'd work all week on a Friday night drive eight hours to Ohio, rehearse for a day and a half, and then come back and then go back to work on Monday. So we did that many years too. But, uh, you know, because of that, we got very happy with the fact that we could just rehearse on our own, do our thing and meet up and play. And that was it. It made sense. Uh, but more recently, we, you know, we have a little more time. So it made sense to get together and, and do stuff as a band, which was great. So we did that, you know, for the touring in 2019. And for the first time in many, many years, we did it for this record. You know, we rehearsed about three times before we went into the studio. So it was nice, you know, it was able to work out little kinks and stuff that you normally wouldn't, you know, know until you're sitting there in the studio. So it was kind of cool. We were able to do that. Okay. And, and uh, yeah, so that's been our process. So we were kind of ready for that. We were ready for the, the process of just, you know, doing our thing on our own. Cause that's what we usually do anyway. And, yeah. you know, we just had to wait until we were able to get together. Cause there were a lot of restrictions here in New York, going out of yeah. state and this and that. So we had to just kind of like sit tight, wait until it was okay for us to get together. We, we were allowed to get together. And then once we did that, 
that was it. You know, we, 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 we scheduled rehearsals and we booked the studio time and, and that was it. And we just got it done. So I'm very curious also now to know in terms of, since you said that you send the kind of scratch recordings or the initial part of what the song should be like, right. And kind of send it to the rest of the guys. What's the next few parts like and how do you all kind of come into the final decision, right? I mean, is it a democratic process that, you know, each person takes a call on this is my instrument and this is what it should sound like or what my part should be like? Or like, is there someone who has like a veto on a certain song or a certain oh, part? Oh. Yeah, we work pretty easily. I mean, well, bottom line is I I sit here until the song's done and I send it out to the guys. And 98.9% of the times that's the song and that's it, you know, because, because there's no, you know, I, thankfully after 30 some odd years, I got it down a little bit better. You know, we, we have a better <laughs> idea of what works and doesn't work. So, so I'll send it out. And sometimes I'm not sure about certain things. Sometimes I, I, I overthink it. And I'm like, you know what, this is where it is. I'm just going with this, you know? And then, you know, I usually send it to Ross first. Cause you know, I, you know, we've been doing this for the, for the longest and I just, we have that connection. So I'll send it to Ross yeah. first and get his view and once he's got a good view which is most of the time it, it is what it is he lo- he likes it sometimes he'll be like oh, this is cool maybe maybe we could do this you know or you know you know we'll tweak a couple of little things but that's basically what it is you know for the most part once a song gets sent out it's usually that's it you know because i i already know what works and doesn't work myself you know what i mean so i'm very very particular before a song even goes out or even a riff goes out to anybody, which I, I don't even do that. Like, I, it's very rare that I even send out, like, a part. Like, very rare I'll be like, oh, listen to this part. You know, it's like, <laughs> I just send out the full, complete song. Because, you know, it's just, for me, it's a real personal thing. And I'm doing my thing. And then once I feel it's ready, I, I'm like, you know, I won't even let that out of my sight until I feel like, okay, I think I got it. And then once I send it out, it's usually the case, you know. And then, again, there's a couple of times where it'll be like, oh, you know, let's try this or whatever, you know, and this is, let, let's cut this down or, or make this longer or whatever. But it's, it, for the most part, once they get it, it's it's pretty much the song. And, and, you know, sometimes you get a couple of things where, you know, someone will be like, yeah, I don't know. And then you'll be like, give it a couple of minutes, listen to it for a couple of days. You know, because like me and Ross would be confident about it. I'd be like, no, dude, tr- listen to it for a couple of days. And then, and then it's like, okay, yeah, no, nah, you're all right. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Okay. You know, <laughs> so, so yeah, it's, it's kind of like that, but, you know, we would never, unless it's something, you know, if someone's like, oh, I don't know, this, this is really, you know, then maybe we'll make an adjustment. But for the most part, once Ross and I agree that we think it's good to go, it's pretty much good to go. You know, um, there are times in the, in the you know, years ago, uh, for instance, I'd, I, I'll i never forget, like, Majesty in the K, I was writing a song for that. And, and I finally had it. And I was like, oh, this is it. And then Steve, Steve was just like, I don't know, man, I think you should do this and that. And I was just like, oh man, you're like, I was like, so like, oh my God. Yeah. So I was like begrudgingly like, you know, and then Ross heard his ideas. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I think that's good. I'm just like, so begrudgingly, I'm like, all right, let me try it out. So on the computer, I did it. And I was like, yeah. And then like within a day or two, I'm like, yeah, no, you know what? This this is much better. You're absolutely right. So, you know, so I always take, you know, I always take the ideas from the other guys because, I want everyone to be happy with the songs as much as I can. And usually it's, it's always for the best anyway. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So to me, that's, that's, you know, you have to kind of like, you got to listen to the other guys because to me, they're, they're my judges. You know what I'm saying? Once I put it out there, I have to hear positive stuff from them, you know, for the most part. Um, Otherwise I feel, you know, it's a fail, you know, or 
I also like to know if something sounds like something else. If someone thinks it sounds even remotely like something else we did or somebody else is doing, I just drop that instantly because I don't, you know, that to me is like, you know, I don't want to sound like something else. So it's like we, if anybody even thinks it sounds like this or that, then we'll do, we'll do something different and that's it, you know. So they're kind of like uh, my guys with that as well. That's basically the process, you know, in a, in, in a nutshell. No, fair enough. And at this point, I want to also ask you because like, it it's kind of hard also when i when you listen to your discography but so since you're the primary you're saying about writing the songs what's the most challenging song for you uh off acts of god and why the most challenging song um ah i mean it's not so much i mean i could probably if i think there might be songs that were challenging to write maybe yeah. you know like uh um now that you know i some of them I get, I would get caught up on. I can't remember which number, like I'll, I'll have a song and there was one in particular. I can't remember. It might've been the opening track possibly. Um, or there was definitely a couple on this record. I can't remember offhand, but there was definitely a couple where I, I, I'd get started on it and I just didn't know where to possibly even apostle too. Like that was the last song I wrote and that one went okay. through a few changes and I wasn't, I wasn't quite happy here and there. And then finally I got to a point where I'm like, I think this is it, you know? And then I was just like, let me just go with this, you know? And, uh, you know, so that happens sometimes with, with songs. Like, I kind of get caught up, and I'll have, like, seven different versions of it. I'll keep going and trying different things. Wow. And then sometimes I have to let it go. You know, I have to just let it go. I'm just like, you know what? This is a dead subject. Done. Forget it. I'm starting from scratch again. And that's what I do. You know, it's, it's rare, but it does happen. You know, usually once I, I start a song, I'll get it done. But there's times when I start, and just I go through so many different versions, and I'm trying all these different things, and I'm like, you know what? Forget it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just starting over, you know, because, you know, if you're just not feeling it, then, you know, you got to let it go. You know, that's the bottom line. It's got to feel right. Otherwise, it's, it's True. a fail. <laughs> True. But then, so since you said that, you know, there's some songs which there are like seven versions that you have of, uh, if you could kind of remember or maybe even give us a working title for the song that you had, which was the easiest one for you to kind of write and then just get it recorded? I'd say, uh, the, the third song I wrote for this record was Blooded, and that one was pretty straightforward, and I think was came together pretty quickly, I believe. It was cool because I was trying to write something like that because, you know, the first track I wrote was News of Thorns, and that was a little more involved. And then the second track I wrote was, um, what was it? The um, uh, I'm trying to think of the song titles now because I know them as numbers, too. So... <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's why I said working title will also do because it's hard. Sometimes. Well, yeah. Well, the, the working titles are one, two, three to 11. Those, those are the working titles. And we, we write down titles like Ross and I write down titles and lyric ideas throughout the whole course of, you know, listening to these songs. But until all the songs are done, that's when we get together and we really start, you know, working on that. But uh, it was definitely the second, uh, the second song um, was, uh, I can't remember now the name of the title, but um Oh, Shed the Light was the second song I wrote. So after that song, I was looking for something just really straightforward and, and intense. And that's when uh, Blooded came through. And yeah, I think that one came together pretty quick. And I liked that one quick. And yeah, the recording of that was easy. I mean, all the songs, you know, once we got them down and we get into the studio, it's all, you know, pretty good. I think the opening track we had a couple of issues with, and that was my fault in the studio because uh, there was a, you know, we do have click track, you know, we do basically what I do is once the songs are done and everybody knows them, I'll send to Steve, I'll send him the guitar, scratch guitars 
and the the metronome click my you know yeah. separately and then obviously no drums so he rehearses to that you know he hears my demo tape and then he rehearses to the, the guitars and the click only and then he okay. takes that right into the studio and records with that so when preparing that for the studio somehow i i, I made a malfunction and there was a click there was basically a tempo malfunction so oh, that boy. Tempo malfunction unfortunately happened one of the, one of the few days I was not able to be there. I had the I had some personal stuff I had to deal with, and I was out of the studio that day. And they were going to get started on that song. And as soon as I got back and saw what it was, I knew exactly. Once I looked on my computer, I saw exactly what the problem was. But that kind of threw Steve off for like an afternoon because it technically was completely wrong, you know. So if you have a a tempo going to the next part, you know, up until this part, it's supposed to change tempo for that next part. What happened is that tempo, the line was up like almost like halfway into the, the next riff accidentally. So the tempo was completely different from the first half of that riff coming in. So which threw it completely <laughs> off, you know, and, you know, I'm sure Steve had a fucking, you know, a rough afternoon with that one. But once I knew what it was, I was like, yeah, this is a total fail. Like, you know, and he, he somehow he made it kind of work, but it was definitely incorrect. So I had to, you know, we had to do it over. So. <laughs> oh, shit. But that was probably that was the biggest thing we had in the studio. And that was just like a, just a minor technicality thing, you know, which was unfortunate, but it, it happens, you know? Yeah. Now I just want to quickly kind of transition. Uh, actually a good way to transition would be, uh, we'd want to play a song off the album, uh, on the show, which one should we okay. play and why? Um, I guess you could play the age of no light. Cause we're going to be, that, that one's kind of going to be debuted tomorrow here too. So, <laughs> okay. so, uh, yeah, let's go with that one because that one's a it's a it's a really intense track. Um, it's really powerful. It's 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 very quick and to the point, but it's it packs a punch and it's dark and heavy and it's got a little bit of everything. But I think it's a it's a real powerful song. So, uh, the age of no light. <laughs> Crusade 
transition just to talk a bit about you right i mean and this is something again i've personally noticed right with a lot of death metal musicians there's that stage persona or there's that imagery that you see right like say for example we've been talking for a while and it's so different from what i've seen just like the promo pictures and things like that uh do you think there's like a jekyll and hyde kind of thing right where you'd see like on stage a different persona where it's all aggressive and stuff like that but off stage uh you know it's just like someone you've known all your life or just kind of like hanging out is is that is is that the kind of thing that there is an outlet on stage that's why it is uh how would you describe absolutely. that absolutely yeah absolutely like i was talking about earlier like yeah once you're on stage it's just like you know it's a different thing and and you know we're playing the songs we're into it and sometimes you know you're 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 concentrating you're getting into it, you're having a good time and you're you're presenting the songs you're presenting the music so that's what you're doing you know but even sometimes, you know, between songs or even sometimes I'll be in the middle of a song and I'll make a mistake and I'll just be like, you know, I'll see kids in front row there and I'll do something that just like, you know, I hit a totally fail note on a solo or something. or I totally know I fucked up and I know they know it, too. And I'll just give them a look like, yeah, hey, what are you going to do? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, <laughs> so, you know, you break out of that. Sometimes. But it's just like, you know, it's just a performance. It's it's kind of taking the music that we've written and you're you're kind of you're presenting it. So you're kind of go, you're in that mode, you know. And yes, it's a, it's totally an outlet. It's a great outlet because you probably get so much, you know, between just just you know, it's a stress reliever. It's just like a like a, a you know, you're 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 getting a lot out. You know what I'm saying? It's just like I think it's a great outlet, you know, just to get that aggression out. You know, like we all need once in a while. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, whether you go for a run every day or you go to you know the gym or whatever you're doing like that's kind of what it is like especially on the road when it's hard to do those things sometimes you know that's our fucking you know that's our cardio that's our that's our exercise time we get (laughs) out there and we just go for it you know so yeah Yeah. so that's kind of how it is but but yeah i mean you know the music is dark so the imagery has to be dark not that we're particularly i mean you know we take a picture yeah all right we're not smiling but you know it's like other than that we're just standing there we're just seriously you know whatever doing a picture but other than that it's like you know, the music is dark, so you want when you're 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 presenting both the artwork and everything, you want it to all kind of fit together. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, we're not gonna have all this dark music and then have a bunch of clowns on the front cover. It just doesn't <laughs> work, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. Now, now you so mentioned it's an art. It's just an art creative thing. You know, that's all. Fair, fair enough. I I get it. Now, uh, you know, I you did mention using Ableton, and I actually read up in one of your previous interviews that you said that you actually got introduced to it at your day job. And if I'm not wrong, you actually work in an audiovisual production company for like events and stuff? Yeah, I do that here and there, not as much now, but yeah, we would do like weddings, corporate events, stuff like that. And I would run lighting and program lighting and, you know, help with the audio. There would be DJs, DJing and stuff like that. Um, Okay. So yeah, I do a number of different things like that. Um, And yeah, that's, you know, we would do video stuff. So yeah, it was cool. Like uh, once I got that program and realized it was, uh, you know, it was good for what I did because a lot of DJs use that particular program. Exactly. Yeah. Setup. It has some different setups in it that work great for DJs. But I just saw it was a multi-track. Re- I'm like, okay, multi-track recorder. I'm in. You know, let me try this out. And sure <laughs> enough, it was like, yeah, it was gold, yeah. man. I was but, like, wow, but, this is just awesome. But I must ask you, right? Considering that you said uh, about like meeting people, has it ever happened that you know? you went at a corporate event and you met like a death metal fan and like, they were like, holy fuck, who did I just see at this event? Like, I can't believe this. Right. Did, did, have you ever encountered uh, situations like that 
while at work? Yeah, and it's, it's funny when it does because <laughs> it's just so funny because, you know, I'm sitting there doing like, you know, we're at a wedding, right? So we're at, yeah. uh, you know, it's a big wedding, but it's like we're at a wedding, we're running lights, we have a DJ, we have like towers around the room with lighting and, and you know, whatever, you know, that's, that's what we do. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sitting there in my freaking, you know, my freaking jacket and tie or whatever, you know, <laughs> you know just doing my business with the guys that I, I'm friends with there and whatever. And then my friend Angelo, who I'm still friends with today, you know, like he was running some video stuff and he's just like, he told me that some guy come up to him and is just like, hey, is that, is that Robert Benya? <laughs> and he's just like, uh, Rob? Yeah, yeah. What, what do you mean? He's just like, like, so basically it was like a fan, you know, who happened to be at that wedding. And it was so funny. Oh my God. Angelo, my friend Angelo brings, brings the fan over to me and, and I'm sitting there and I'm talking to him. He's like, Oh my God, you know, and it was just to me, it's just surreal because it's like two worlds colliding. It's just like, I'm, yeah. I'm just on the job. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm extremely, you know, low key, down to earth. You know, I, I'm, I work. I've been, you know, I work my whole life. I'm always doing, you know, that kind of work, you know, loading trucks, doing my thing, bringing, you know, gear. But that's what I do. So, whatever. It's like, so to me, it's just like, I'm just doing my thing. And then for someone to come over and be like, huh, you know, <laughs> so it was funny. <laughs> so I met him. I talked with him a little bit. We took, we took a couple of pictures. And it was the funny story is that, he wrote in Suggestible Magazine because um, they had this fan thing, you know, about writing things that happened to you. So he wrote his story and sent the picture. And sure enough, it ended up in Decibel Magazine, me and him in the photo in one of the issues, you know, like fan of the month, like talking about his story, meeting me at the, at the wedding. You know, <laughs> so it's pretty funny. Oh, wow. That, I mean, I'm definitely that's something that <laughs> he's not going to forget. And it's kind of like... Uh, in print, right? So that that's oh, yeah. really... it, was, it was so funny, you know. But to me, you know, it's like it's just hysterical because you know I was just like, yeah, dude, what's up? You know, like you know, I, it was no big deal, but it was just for him. It was just like you know, surprising. It was, it's just funny, but I get it because like you know, that would be like going to see like you know, a band I used to listen to when I was you know younger, going to see club shows or like whatever. It's like whatever. It's like seeing yeah. you know the guy from like uh, whoever at like the you know your local place. Like what the hell, you know? <laughs> so yeah, I guess. <laughs> It's a little strange, but but it was funny. It was so that's happened a couple of times, you know, here and there. But uh, and it's weird for me because when you're in the regular world, the real world, so I call it, it's like when you run into people, then that's when it's very strange. You know what I'm saying? Like when you go into St. Vitus or you go to a club in New York, you go into a death metal show or you go into an underground show or even a Metallica show, and someone recognizes you or comes up to you, it's like okay, that's you get it. You know, it makes yeah. sense. You're in, you're still in your kind of world. But when you're just like, I'm working a, at a wedding or I'm like walking on the street or, or, you know, Ross would be, you know, when he used to drive trucks in Manhattan, he'd be in Manhattan and someone come up to him. Like when you're in that weird outside world and people are coming and recognizing you, that, that's when it's a little strange. You're kind of like, wow, that's bizarre. You know, <laughs> Yeah. like you don't expect <laughs> that, you know, so that's when it's a little funny, you know, for us. Yeah. But, you know, another thing I must ask you about is you've got like a varied and wide taste in music and what I've actually read is that the fact of most of what you listen to is not metal. So uh, I'm very curious, what are you listening to at the moment and what would you like to recommend to our listeners? Uh, there's so much stuff I listen to. I mean, I, you know, I get more, I do get a lot of inspiration by non-metal stuff. Like this morning, for instance, I was listening to Muse, you know, like I like Muse. They're, I okay. think they're a great band, a lot of cool stuff. Um there's so many things, you know, I forget instantly yeah. when people ask me these I, questions. But <laughs> No, but and the new new Muse like single is like heavy as fuck. I heard it and I was really it's surprised. Cool. Yeah, I, I like it. You know, I'm like, oh, it's pretty cool, you know, very dark. You know, that's what I like about them. They're dark, but they do it in such a cool, 
uplifting way, you know, but, uh, and a lot of the stuff they're talking about is very cool too, you know, like a, a very, you know, there's a lot of cool political stuff in there, but there's a lot of dark stuff and I like it, you know, they're, and they're amazing musicians. So for me, they're, they're like one of my go-to bands, you know, I, I definitely love them. Um, you know, uh, a perfect circle. I like them a lot. Um, you know, they're a really good band. Um, so many different things. I'm trying, uh, Radiohead. I love Radiohead. Alex kind of pushed me out. Like I liked a lot, a few of their songs for sure. But then uh, after Alex was with, the, you know, we'd be on tour and be like, oh, you got to check this out. And, you know, you know, he'd kind of keep pushing it on me. I'm like, yeah, I got to check that out more. And then I'll check it out. I'm like, oh my God, these guys are great. You know? So, so yeah, I like a lot of different kind of stuff, you know, stuff that's moody, but has, you know, just has that emotion to me, like heavy music doesn't need to, or dark music doesn't need to be fucking, you know, heavy and aggressive either. You know, dark music could be all different kinds. Sometimes to me, the softer non-metal stuff is darker and creepier than, than a lot of metal stuff. You know what I mean? So, and that, yeah. that inspires me, you know? So, yeah. I mean, like, especially some of like, I like a lot of different kinds of music. Yeah. Like, I mean, like sometimes I, I don't listen to a lot of like country and stuff like that, but some of the stuff that they <laughs> talk about is metal as fuck, right? Oh, there's definitely some cool stuff. Like, you know, I'm not a big country fan either, but you know, uh, you got to give Dolly Parton credit. I give her the best credit ever. Uh, she's got some classic tunes. <laughs> but yeah, it's always very dark and misery. There's a lot of miser- misery in that music for sure, you know, which is, it's true, you know. Um, so yeah, I mean, I like that kind of music. I like uplifting music too. There's a lot of different music I like. It's just a matter of what mood you're in and what you feel like listening to. You know, music is just, just like anything else. It, it goes with your moods too. Like sometimes yeah. you want to hear something aggressive and heavy. Sometimes you just want to hear something that's just light and easy and, and nice, you know? <laughs> so it just depends on the mood, you know? And I just don't, I don't omit anything from my, you know, listening. It's just a matter of what I feel like checking out. And sometimes I'll check out some new stuff or whatever, you know, but I would never say like, Oh, I won't listen to that. I w- I'll always give something a chance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm, you know, it's been such a great chat with you, but I can't let you go without asking you this, right? Uh, over the last, especially like for us growing up in India, right? You, for the longest time pre-internet would kind of read magazines and then like earlier on in the internet before like streaming and things like that, you just like managed to get certain bands or hear about certain things. And when it came to like New York death metal, right? Uh, one of the bands that would always keep getting recommended that New York death metal sound would be Immolation. Uh, looking back at the last 30 years, uh, how does it feel just thinking about it? Like just being one of those bands that kind of push that sound in there. Like, do, do you believe that, that there's like a New York death metal sound or was it just like, you know, some kind of tag that would is easy to kind of package everything together? Yeah, I mean... For us, we, I mean, New York back in the day, especially, was more known for hardcore than anything else. And then, yeah, yeah I guess there was definitely more of an aggressiveness to the music, for sure, with a lot of the bands that were the death metal bands, for sure. Um, but I have to say, like, and maybe because a lot of some of these other bands, like, you know, whatever, Mortician and Incantation, were also also inspired by bands that we were, too, which was like, you know, early Sepultura, you know, like the old school stuff, like Morbid Visions and all that, or very early Destruction, the early German bands like, you know, Creator, Destruction, Sodom, um, you know, all that early stuff was what I think we were all inspired by, like, you know, the first couple of Possessed records and all that stuff, you know, so we were inspired more, I'd say, more heavily by like bands outside of the U.S. than than, than anything else, um, you know, when it came to our heavy inspirations, you know, so... Yeah, I mean, that's just what we got into. That's what we liked. And we just kept 
they'll go, you know, we did our thing from there. So I'd say that had a more heavy, you know, we were more inspired by like, you know, the early German thrash stuff. Cause that was more like darker back then. You know what I mean? It was like yeah. more, more uh, you know what I'm saying? Like thrash has become a little different now. Um, <laughs> but those early bands like Creator Destruction and stuff like that back in the day, especially they were very dark and very just, you know, very sick, uh, early Sepultura, all that stuff. And Possessed, obviously, you know, from Cali, but they, you know, super dark and, and heavy and that atmosphere. And that's the thing that always drew us in, I think, you know, just that dark, heavy uh, aggressiveness, you know, and that's, that's where we got our main inspiration from overall, you know, aside from, of course, you know, the staples like Metallica, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest and all that, you know, that, that was always, you know, there for a Slayer, all that stuff, of course. Um, but yeah, when we were writing our, our, by the time we were writing our stuff, you know, we started getting into the, the, the heavier stuff, the darker stuff, even, even darker. And then that's kind of like where we kind of started, you could say. Hey. But yeah, I mean, it's been nice to, you know, 30 years later or more and looking back uh, when, when we were doing this, playing clubs, you know, we would go to play our local club and we'd play some original songs, but we'd be play cover songs, but the cover songs, nobody knew either, you know, <laughs> it was like, <laughs> Oh, this is more divisions from Sepultura. People go like, what, you know? And then meanwhile, like six months to a year later, we'd do that again. And, and then they knew about it, you know? So we were doing stuff before people even, you know, knew what the hell was going on. You know, back then it was like thrash was a big thing and we were doing death metal. And a lot of the thrash fans would look at us like, what the fuck are these guys doing? Who are these guys? You know, you know, what is this all about? And then meanwhile, like, you know, later on they were starting to get into that stuff you know so it was kind of cool to be in that early stage you know and and see how it's transformed over the years yeah but you know i'm I'm really glad that you guys are like so many years later still fucking kicking ass and putting out uh great music like acts of god uh thank you so much rob i mean it's been such a pleasure talking to you and really appreciate you taking time out to speak to us Oh, no problem. Thank, thank both of you for having me. Uh, appreciate it. And uh, thank all the fans in India. I hope everyone's well over there. And uh, we do look forward to getting back there as soon as possible. Uh, it's definitely a spot we want to return to as soon as we can. And we just look forward to playing live again, especially there in Bangalore. So, uh, yeah, just take care of yourselves. And uh, we hope to get to see you soon. So that was Robert Wigner, and yes, in case you're wondering why it didn't feature any chat about emulation in India, well, we did chat, but alas, there's little to no recording of it. Maybe we release it someday, maybe we don't. All I know is that the band had a great Indian experience and definitely want to return. Hope all of you are staying safe and staying well. Chime in, we don't bite. We are at hauntsupport.com or on Twitter at hauntsupport. I am at Asmo Ani and you can reach out to Peter at Trend Crusher. Horns up! <laughs>